Welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. So in our first episode, I wanted to bring in our director of the 242 Network and talk with him for a few minutes about what he sees in the church planning world, what he loves about working with planners and pastors, and uh, what he sees in God's church and the movement and how we can help advance that. Paul Bernard is the director of the 242 Network. He's been in that role for right at three years now. Paul planted Overflow Church in McGee, Mississippi, which is about 45 miles south of Jackson. Uh, Paul planted Overflow about 16 years ago. Hello, Paul. What's up? How are you today? Absolutely wonderful. Glad to be here. Great. Good to have you. Um, I know it's somewhat of a cliche to uh, say that uh, a church is unique. They're different from each other. But uh, Overflow, to me, is unique and different in Mississippi. Overflow Church, uh, from what I know about it, I want you to talk to us about it a little bit. Church that you planted, a church that uh, you pastor, uh, it's got a heart to uh, help people in need. And uh, one of those needs that y'all reach into is uh, that of, uh, of drugs and uh, helping those that, that are addicted. So uh, talk to us a little bit about that, and then, uh, then we'll talk a little more about church planning. We first got started um, we didn't really know, we just knew we wanted to reach unchurched people, um, people that weren't in church. And it just kind of fell into our lap. Um, we always tell planners that the first 25 people of your church are your church, uh, basically setting up the DNA. Um, well, our first row of people that came to our church were drug addicts uh, because we saw a guy that uh, was a major dealer come to know Christ. He was one of the first people ever joined our church and people came to him to buy drugs and he brought them to church and that's kind of how it started. And from there we began to, you know, as people came in looking for resources to help them and it just became who we were and what we did. Um, we never really marketed our church. So the only way that people came to our church in the beginning especially was by invitation from people that were in our church. So drug addicts hang out with drug addicts people in poverty generally hang out with people in poverty and so people begin to invite people and they begin to invite people and before we knew it our church was set up to help helpless people um and that was all we were and we didn't have any money because you know generally drug addicts don't manage their money well um <laughs> so <laughs> figure it, that yeah, figure, right? i mean it's, it's crazy <laughs> But so we had to figure out ways to be resourceful and, and figure out relationships and uh, with treatment centers and stuff like that. So we just began growing. And then we started to find a lot of people in our community that weren't necessarily in church, but had a feel for helping others mm -hmm. uh, begin to join up with us. And it just started growing. And it's been growing ever since. And 
Um, I think last year we spent $74,000, just putting people in drug treatment centers. Um, what? Yeah, in benevolence, like helping people light bills, poverty, food. It's like, 50, uh, I say 50, 45, 50,000. And, um, and so that's basically what we do. I've never seen it. I don't, I, I, as soon as I say I've, it's not been done, um, somebody will call or something or email or say that, yeah, we do that too. But we have a, in a church our size in rural Mississippi, we have a full-time compassion coordinator. Um, this is a person, her name is Tony Walker. She is phenomenal. But she is full-time at doing nothing but helping people. And it's funny because you can't get in to see her because there's a line of people coming in every day. We've taken somebody to a rehab this morning uh, that's been in detox all weekend long. Um, it's it's a constant thing every day. I've got to go Wednesday morning early to a recovery center to pick a guy up, take him to court, and then turn around take him back to the treatment center. And that's just kind of what our church does. And it's kind of created a DNA in, a, in us. And that's expanded uh, since we first started. It's no longer about drug addicts. It's about anybody that is no hope. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're going from there. And it's, it's just kind of become we've been known as the drug church and that's what everybody knows about overflows we help those that kind of off to the wayside and um, we've reached our goal at helping unchurched people and um, seeing them come to know christ and the stories are just unbelievable unbelievable that is uh that's awesome uh from afar for me to look at that and see that is uh, something else i cannot even begin to imagine uh what it's like every single day uh the the need, the constant need, the hurt, but uh, it's awesome to see um, you guys do that down in McGee. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your vision and uh, your work with uh, 242, what, what you're trying to focus us to be in and to be about, and uh, kind of what uh, gets you motivated, what excites you about, uh, about 242 and church planning right now. I think that when I started with 242, um, I, the, the simple idea of it excited me. And the reason why is when we planted Overflow um, 16, 17 years ago, there was not a model. And the model of church planning at that point was, um, and, and I'm sure there were people in places that didn't do this, but most of them were we put a church in a place where there's a large influx of people and not enough churches to population. And so when I said I wanted to plant a church, <laughs> it felt like God was leading me to plant a church in rural Mississippi in McGee, 6,000 people, um, it, and with 45 churches just like um, you know Southern Baptist churches, yeah. uh, 150 total churches. What is the point? What is the need? And so there wasn't really a whole lot of support uh, in that area. I didn't have a lot of people around me, um, a few people uh, that I had met along the way that I just kind of poured into and they kind of poured into me. But it was, there was no support network. There was nothing there. It was just you were out there. Here's your money uh, for funding. Uh, go get it done. And, and so with that in mind, when I heard about this network coming together, um, it was uh, just a breath of fresh air for me because I wanted to see us walk with people in church planning. Uh, and not just church planning. Um, you know, pastors, leaders, any way that we could help people through this network I wanted to see that happen, and and so we had the the way the network was set up with the hub leaders, and, and I thought that was wonderful. 
But I also found out that I was a hub leader at one time and I didn't do anything. You know, it was just, I just didn't know what to do, didn't really have a clear understanding. And um, so when we took over, um, moving in that direction, God just started opening up doors. And now we have six, seven, is it seven, seven hub leaders um, who are extremely active um, in people's lives. Um, I had a guy tell me that, um, you know, talking about networking and church planting and being support to people that said um, that they're going through a really tough time with their family right now. And they didn't know how they were going to do Christmas or all this kind of stuff. So a friend of theirs made a call and got them a cabin that was remote, um, had the uh, wife and, and the kids and also Christmas presents from under the tree when they got there. And I was thinking, man, that's a good friend. And turned out it was his hub leader. Come on. He's a church. And that's to me, that's where it's at. Yeah. It's, it's about helping people. Um, but also getting the bad name out. When you're in rural Mississippi or you're in Mississippi, period, um, the number one enemy of our church planners, I say enemy, adversary, the thing that comes against church planners, a lot of times is the local church. Not not because the local church is just this devious empire. It's because they don't understand it. So one of our goals... And a territorial mindset that they might yeah, have. Yeah, church, church fields. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's strong yeah. uh, in Mississippi. And I think the reason that's strong is because... There's so many pastors fighting for life. I mean, yeah. when you got this new church coming in and they're already struggling where they're at. And yep. so to help people to understand church planning and the, the effectiveness of it to reach the kingdom um, is something that we do as well. So I, I love it. I love where it's going. I love the team that we have. Um, we've got so many new things coming out. We're evolving it every single day um, based on what we've seen in our experiences and it's just a different animal, uh, planting a church in the south, in Mississippi, in rural areas. Um, and so to be a network that specializes in that type planting with those type people, it's just really, really cool uh, to see. Uh, one of the things that I have enjoyed uh, getting to work with you uh, with is uh, how we at the 242 have uh, put an emphasis on the assessment and put a uh, an emphasis even on uh, doing some pre-assessment work with our planners to uh, to kind of help them get ready and to uh, um, further that work with them. Talk to us just a uh, just a minute. I think that's something you get excited about and uh, seeing that uh, with the uh, with the assessment and even the pre-assessment. Um, idea of uh, just getting to know these guys, um, their wives, and uh, just seeing where God's moving in their life. Church planning is, in my opinion, it may be just because I've been through it. Um, I know there are other ministries that are out there that are very difficult. Um, uh, we use foreign missions a lot of times as the ultimate sacrifice, but I'm going to tell you, church planning is a very difficult ministry. Um, I agree. The loneliness of it, the the stress of it, the expectations of where you go and what you do, uh, the the peers that come against It's just a hard, hard ministry. When I wanted to plant a church, um, I felt God called me to plant a church, walked in to an office and said, I feel like God's calling me to plant a church. And they basically said, awesome, that's great, go get him. And I thought, okay, well, great. I don't know what I'm doing, don't know how to do it, I mean, don't know... And so one of the things that we do at 242 is we assess uh, church planners. And basically what that looks like is they come in for a two-day retreat, and we literally examine every area of their life. 
not so that we can tell if they're a church planner or not, but we can say, okay, you want to plant a church. These are the things you need to do to make this happen. Um, and, and I think that would have benefited me more than I could. I would have never passed it. I would have yeah, never. I wouldn't have either. I would, I would have, have never it. gotten through it because I didn't know enough. But what what could have happened is the three four years I spent struggling in ministry, I could have been preparing to go forward uh, with help. And so um, we do this assessment. The wives are assessed. Um, the family atmospheres upset, uh, assessed. And it just we we try to dig into every area. Not so that we can find wrongs, but so we can find flags. This is where the enemy is going to come against you. This is the thing that you're going to struggle with. And so let's work on these things. And I think it's phenomenal um, to see that assessment take place. You know what? I, I heard you just say it, and I agreed with you that uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't have passed assessment. You know what I'm scared about? I'm scared that 13 years in, I still might not pass that assessment. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm grateful to... Uh, to kind of help guys, and I know that that's what we're about with 242 in the assessment, in uh, training, and also supporting those planners. So uh, uh, what's down the road, do you think, um, maybe exciting things that uh, that you're getting pumped about with uh, 242 and, and just church planning in Mississippi? Anything on the horizon? Well, I think church planting in Mississippi is taking a different look. Um, I know when I planted uh, up here was really big in the planting movement. Up um, here is uh, in North Mississippi, just yeah. south of uh, of Memphis. We did have a, a spurt, so yeah, to speak. About it was 10 population years ago. influx, yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, this was where it was happening, church planting wise, and there were sporadic plants throughout this um, the state during that time. But right now, um, the coolest thing I'm really really excited about is the coast is really uh, jumping as far as. Uh, church plants, uh, and they're not just church plants for population influx. This is yeah. they're meeting needs. They're they're affecting community. It's phenomenal. But I think church planting is taking a different um, uh, direction, if you will, in Mississippi. And the reason that is is because we are basically rural. I mean, there's not a lot of places yeah. around here that are big metropolitan inner city type feel. Yep. We do have some inner city plants that are doing really really well, but the rural area, and I heard somebody say this before, that we're no longer planting uh, Walmart-type churches or big mega churches, but now it's more like Dollar General churches where they're smaller. They're not going to be as big, but they're going to be very effective in the community. I think Mississippi has more Dollar Generals than anybody else in like the and whole nation. It's like driving, every seven miles. You're just driving, <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's one out in the middle of nowhere. And I think that's what church planning is going to look like. I think we've got to get away from this. Um, success mentality of large, huge congregations sure. and, and that sort of thing. I think we've got to move towards how do we impact a community in the very best possible way. And I think that that's something that's big. I also think that um, if you look back at all of the guys that you as well came up with in planting uh, a class, so to speak, of planters during the years that we planted, very few of them are still around. Um, and if they are around, they're fledgling at best. And um, I think that one of the things that we're seeing is that so far, and, and it might turn tomorrow, but the guys that have come through the assessment, that have come through the training, are doing well. Uh, they're growing. They're healthy. They're, and that, that to me is, is, is a testament in itself that, that planters need people to walk with them and the, 
to step out and to have somebody they can call and get advice from or just encouragement and that sort of thing. So I think to see our hub leaders, the guys all over the state that are investing in these planners, man, that fires me up because it. I love to help leaders. I love to walk with leaders. I love That's just something that God has really put a fire in me about. But I love yeah. to see others that are, are stepping in and making sure these planners are not by themselves, they're not alone. Theirs is not the very first obstacle. Um, theirs is not the first situation. There are plenty others, and most of our planners have been through those situations and can help them guide them out. So it just fires me up about what's happening with church planning. It's just, it's not necessarily the number of churches that are being planted, but the health and the, the foundation of those churches that are being planted, I think it's going to last uh, a long time. Um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I, look yeah, forward, I look forward to a couple of uh, episodes down the road for us to come and, and really unpack Overflow's story, mm. um, your walk, and, uh, and also possibly bring uh, Miss Allison in on the, yeah. uh, on the whole church planning world. Uh, Miss Allison is uh, Paul's wife. And uh, look forward to uh, spending some time there and just uh, just talking about uh, y'all's journey as a team to uh, to plant overflow. Mm. Uh, we will see you next time on the Accelerator Podcast. Thanks for joining. Us. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the Two Four Two Network on the web at two four two network dot